Keep on dabbing in the free world. Comedy stylings of Dave D. Hi everyone, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. Ian? Yeah, Dave, what's up? I gotta tell you something. Uh, why don't you tell me? Lay it on me, man. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but mm-hmm. uh, at my work... Oh, you work. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Bragging has got a job I, I in know. this economy. I know. Uh, Spikeball wow. has uh, reappeared in our uh, our our daily work... Our, well, when it's not raining out, our, our work day. Our lunchtime Spikeball. So you've got a ball. Like, mm-hmm. I would assume this is like volleyball, but with a spiked ball. Like just <laughs> right. jagged spikes. It's much like the movie Roller bar- Ball starring James Caan, directed right. by uh, Norman Jewison, I believe. No, it's uh, it's kind of, it's basically, it's like volleyball. Okay. If the volleyball net was a small net trampoline kind of thing on the ground. Other than that, very much like volleyball. Okay. And do any of you jump on that trampoline? No, you, it's not, it's not, it's just for the ball to go into. So it's not really a trampoline. It's, it's just a net that's stretched over a circular shape, but kind of like those, those kind of personal trampolines that we used to see mm-hmm. when we were younger, when trampolines were considered like a fitness device. Right. Rather than a, Thing, a fixture of fun uh and so it's, it has a net that's pulled kind of taut on it and you have a, a small a small ball that's quite light not super bouncy mm-hmm. not super full of air it's not firm it's kind of soft a bit squishy and uh yeah you, you start off by by spiking the ball into the net and then the other team has three hits and their objective is to get it back to the net but in such a way that you you on the other team cannot return it back to them so if they when they put it into the net they want right. to hopefully avoid us but what, what most likely will happen is someone will then get the ball and the sort of rally and will rally around and once you start playing you can play in 360 degrees to the net there's no sides then okay and it's quite fun uh, our only limitation is that we play on asphalt so we can't like dive for it which we oh well, you could but uh, you know, once yeah that's right and uh, yeah unlike on grass where, where i I think most people most people would play spike ball on grass or on sand, where you have a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more flexibility in terms of like diving for balls and keeping them up in the air and stuff. But we still we we have a lot of fun. It's a fun lunchtime game. My only problem is is that I'm old and I really feel it after we do like a twenty minutes of spike ball. Uh, the the next like two hours until the next break is a real chore, a real chore. I'm telling you right now. I often joke to people at work that um, when they're 53, I want them to remember me. Mm-hmm. Just remember me when you get to 53. Yep. And then try doing this stuff themselves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just, just remember that. Yeah. I know that, you know, I'm not like the peak performance, but uh, I'm 53, everyone. So, yeah, it's, uh, it is it is kind of sad how it, it limits. Like, I can feel... I can feel it in my forties, but I can feel it now in my in my early fifties. I can feel like I'm more tired. Okay. Like from doing stuff like that, like it it exhausts me, which it wouldn't have done in the past, you know. But if I don't play, there's not there's not four people to play, and you need four. You need two aside in order to play. So who started spike ball at your work? Who brought the uh, the net? Yeah, one of one of our guys brought it in. He just saw it, uh, saw someone playing it. I think I'm not even sure where he saw it being played. And then he bought, he, oh, maybe he just saw it in the store. Like he saw he was at Canadian Tire or something and he just saw it on the wall and he bought it for his kids to play, with, like him and his kids to play. And then he really enjoyed it. So he was brought it into, brought that 
net and ball into work but it was kind of like a cheap version of it okay and we pretty much destroyed it just the four men playing with it so then what happened was we all chipped in together and i drove out and there's only one place in vancouver at that time that was selling it oh which was bass's pro shop which is this ginormous and they have them in the states so people from the states know what i'm talking about but they're not very common here in canada it's like it's like this giant it's like an airplane hangar full of like outdoor stuff like it's such a mm. big store mm-hmm. that it has boats in it for sale okay like that's big right like if i told you i went to a store and there are boats for sale in well it. i'd go like what size boats are you talking about Little yeah like full-size or? motorboats oh full, okay there yeah, you yeah. go motorboats for sale that's big uh and so that was the only place so i drove you know a long way i think i was actually supposed to come here not here but join you for sneaky dragon that day okay. and i was really late because i missed i i missed figured miscalculated how long it would take me to drive to where I had it to go, which was Ladner, and then from Ladner all the way back to Vancouver. And I thought, huh. that's probably like a 40-minute drive. No. But anyway, so I went to this place, bought the uh, spike ball game there, and then it's been our work spike ball game since then. Nice. And yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I really recommend it to people who haven't. If you've never seen it or don't know what it is, if you just look look up spike ball on YouTube, you'll you'll see like best plays of 2016 and stuff like that. Well, here's what I'm going to recommend. Uh, you and I are going to uh, VanCaf this weekend. So if you're listening to this and this is dropped on Saturday, yes, uh, you might still be able to go there and, and see us. You, Come on me, down, and Nina Matsumoto, and yep. uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of where if I've, I've got the, where we're going to be uh, here. Uh, uh, anyway, we're going to be at uh, E10. That's where we're going to be. E10. Um, but why don't we uh, yeah, play spike ball at our at our booth? We'll just put it right there and just start smashing <laughs> balls around. And just see, uh, let uh, them let them fall where they may. Uh-huh. So they'll just go flying everywhere. I'm game if you. If I bet you. I bet Nina would be good at it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's only yeah. three of us, so we'd have to get some other. Yeah, we have to get someone else to. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe Pia. Maybe. We'll get Pia to do it. Sure, sure. So she'll be next to us anyway. So this will all. I think this. Will I can all see work this out. all working out very well. Yeah. it's a perfect place and, for and, it. And you know, crowded after a certain point, you know, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll need a little wake them up. And we'll never forget the year when that room was as hot as Hades. So I think that will really help as well. Yeah, we're in the non-hot room. Oh, we're in the other room this year. Yeah, we're in the nice room. We're in the busy room. Yeah, I don't. Not nice room. Every room's nice. Every room's great. (laughs) Every room's a a gift. It's just a beautiful situation, and we couldn't have been happier to be in a. uh, It was oh boy, boy, we are still hallucinating. No wonder they haven't brought us back to do another podcast. But uh, we'll be um, Dave, Nina, and I will be signing copies of Sparks. We sure will. Uh, Dave will be coloring little uh, drawings that Nina and I will be doing, and I'll have copies Mm -hmm. of uh, Exorcisters. Cool. Uh, My wife hopefully will have copies of. Of her book me the people and uh nice. some some prints yep and uh we'll have some buttons we might will we have like some sneaky dragon buttons maybe i'll try i think i've got some and i'll bring some along we'll cool. uh have some but we also have some new sparks buttons that are very shiny and very uh glittery. nice glittery and uh and uh, some of you have already asked about them many of you have asked about them and you're in faraway lands so we'll uh figure out a way of uh you know getting those to you Yes, don't be put off by our ultra-competence and just shining brilliance. Come on by and say hello. 
Yes, please do. Don't. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be put off by that. Um, it's uh, it's free, which is nice, and uh, some of the best uh, cartoonists of the world are going to be around there. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be very nice. Uh, speaking of nice things, uh, we all won an award this uh, last weekend. Yes, you, you uh, which was the uh, Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize. It's a BC Book Award, and it, and. Uh, Nina and I were at the ceremony. Yeah. Uh, you were boycotting it for political reasons. Yes. Uh, as you do every ceremony I've ever been to. You they always were, do that. They were serving live children. Well, yeah, they were at the table and they just served them food. Yeah, I just kind of can't get behind Oh, that. that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, the book is to serve man, not to serve kid. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we did not think we were going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I believe the exact quote was, it's an honor to be nominated. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other nominees were, well, I mean, Robert Bateman's one of the other nominees. What are you going to do? Are you going to beat Robert Bateman? Yeah. Um, he's so good on that show, uh, uh, Breaking Bateman? Omaha. No, what is it called? Not called Omaha. Shoot. Ozark? Ozark. <laughs> Arrested no, Development? Before I say a joke, I should, should tee it up a little Silver bit. Silver Spoons? <laughs> It's a different payment. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, we showed we showed up, uh, and uh, it was one of those things where they had the hour long reception beforehand, and okay, there were uh, no chairs, which was not great. Oh, a lot of uh, and, and a lot of. Let me just say, and again, I'm not complaining about these awards. These were wonderful awards, and thank you, and everything, and it's all great. Yeah, um, but we have some notes, but you know. Uh, there was a lot of uh, elderly people there too, and it's like well, they need a place to sit down. It is a publishing thing. Yeah, so you got it, but you got to give them chairs. Yeah. That's the thing; huh. they need to sit. Yeah, a uh, person. Uh, but once we got into the uh, dinner and award itself, they also had standing desks. Yeah, the they did. It was like, oh boy, with <laughs> treadmills. It was like, oh, no. to make your own power. Yeah. Uh, but Shayla Rogers from CBC was the was the host. Oh, she's very nice. She was very nice indeed. Yeah, I really like her. And uh, my friend Susan Nielsen also won uh, for her book, which I can't remember the title of right now. But it was mm-hmm. a it was a quite a good book as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were just shocked and delighted that we won. Yeah, I can and imagine your faces was, must uh, have uh, dropped, like with looks of like. A joyful horror at each other. Oh, time. okay. Like, I was going to like. I, I don't think dropped is is. Well, it's meant like your jaws, your jaws, like your mouth open agape. You're just like what? Yeah, we were very surprised. It was very, very nice, and it was also nice. Uh, Nina's uh, boyfriend Bob was there as okay. well, so yeah. that was also that was also very good. It's the only reason I believe this happened because Bob. Because of Bob, he's the only, he's the witness. That's true to this story. We, we I think we may have uh, some people may have recorded it as well. Oh, or uh, parts of it. Huh. Uh, I was going up with Nina and, and said, "Do you want to like talk first And she went, "No, we we did this together. We should talk at the same time." Like, oh, so you talked in unison, like? <laughs> well, see, we were we went back and forth. Hello, every. I know. I, I the immediate thing I thought was like like an improv game. <laughs> uh, like we are so happy to have won this award. <laughs> the moral of the story is never do this. Uh, but it was nice. We had we had our we were very rambly, and uh-huh. uh, as Nina said afterwards, it helped that we've done podcasts together. Mm. It felt it felt we were very podcasting. Okay, we got some okay. we got some okay laughs. Uh, that's good. And that's good. Uh, yeah, that's good. it was it was one point. It was <laughs> at one point uh, she was mentioning you know where she was from, and uh, and she turned to me and asked, "Where were you born?" And uh, oh, uh, Montreal. But you know, we could probably talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> Just an award. <laughs> Fair enough. 
<laughs> He's fine. She was just wondering. Yeah, just wondering. It just felt like we're just breaking out into a conversation now. Just like, what's your favorite pie? I don't know, probably lemon meringue. If we're not talking a straight berry pie, yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, no, but it was uh, it was it was very nice indeed. Lemon meringue's good. Lemon meringue is a good pie. And then uh, Pia was able to like take some of the flowers from the table. Okay. And we're now going to put those uh, outside. So it's oh, really nice. good. It all worked oh, out. Oh, so they were like uh, actual like living flowers. Living not, flowers. Not and so uh, at the end, like Shayla went, uh, those are real flowers. So anyone wants to take them, take them. Huh. And Pia went, yoink. Uh, <laughs> free flowers. Damn right. That's, that's and nice. also, you know, uh, part of the memory. So that is that is nice. And this weekend, uh, Pia and I are up for... Uh, Pia officially, me, you know, on the down low, hmm. uh, up for a Rubin Award. Cool. So we'll see uh, what happens then. And again, it's an honor just to be nominated. Sure. Yep. Sandwich joke here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're nominated for uh, Best Gag Cartoon for, for the year. That's great. Yeah. That's like to, to me, uh, like a Rubin Award is a neat award. Like I'm, I am really, really happy just to be. Are you going uh, to that one? No, no, because we're going to be doing VanCast. Oh, that's right. This weekend. Sorry. Yep. That's too bad. But if we weren't, then we might, you know, because yeah. it's, it's neat. Uh, all your favorite, uh, you know, all your favorite uh, cartoonists are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a national cartoonist dinner, I think. They have all these things called NCES Fest events, but they all look like incest uh, Oof. events. NCIS Fest. There you, of, there you are. A bunch of uh, people who work in... Is it military intelligence? What is NCIS about? Is it a legal legal team working in the military? This is a very good question. Uh, I've never seen the show. I've only, I'm not, I don't think I'm old enough to watch it yet. Yeah, my, uh, my old editor's uh, editor, uh, Bill Morrison's going to be there. Oh, nice. Uh, Bob Mankoff, who used to be sure, the, he used to be the uh, New Yorker. New Yorker cartoon uh, editor. Boulet. Boulet. Oh, I love Boulet. Uh, He's Boulet. great. Who doesn't, who doesn't love Boulet? Uh, Kathy Geisweiss, she's still around. Ack. Uh, Dan Klaus. Oh. Uh, you got uh, David Silverman from uh, The Simpsons. Oh, okay. uh, Greg Evans, there you go, one of your favorites. Ah, oh, Luann. Uh, Gilbert Hernandez, also one of your favorites. He's going to be there. Uh, Jeff Keen, he's very, very nice. I, uh, Jeffrey Brown, uh, like uh, Jaime Hernandez, of course. Yeah. Jerry Scott, yeah, it's just a. And he's uh, pushing his book right now. Oh, what's, a, what's that book? Uh, it's a book about, it's a continuation of the Maggie stories. This is, uh, uh his latest one. I can't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. Uh, it's his That's latest okay. book about Maggie and Hopi coming together, uh, going back and going back to Hopper's, going to some sort of like, uh, reunion concert for some local band. Oh. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And it was interesting reading it because I was reading an interview with, with, uh, Jaime about it and he was saying they doesn't really like Hopi anymore. Oh, is that right? He doesn't, he doesn't like what she's done, doesn't like the choices she's made in her life. Oh. I thought that was really funny to listen to someone whose character is so alive to him that she's making her own choices. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he doesn't agree with them. But it really makes sense because she's a character who's become so well-developed for him that, you know, like you, you kind of, obviously you're making the choices as the author, but you're making, if you're being true to your character, you're making the choices that she would make. When you get to the get to those moments, have you ever gotten to that stage with a character? I have, yeah, yeah. I think that's really, I think that's where you want to be with a character. And I feel like if you don't know your character, then you, if you don't know your character, you're not. Then, well, if one thing, your character is going to be really boring because you have no, you don't even have a grip on what this character is. So how will the reader understand it? Right. But also, if your character can't make choices, then you are letting the plot drive the. You're letting the plot lead the characters, which is not how it should happen. The characters should lead the plot, which is difficult to do 
in some in some instances and i think that's why like mysteries often don't work for me is because it's a the plot really controls what's happening because you the writer needs to get like through the mystery so you have to set up the murder the you know solving the crime then finding out the solution and who did it blah 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 and so that's difficult because then you know you need your characters to kind of fall into the into the pattern of the story Mm -hmm. and if you reach a point where this character is going to make a decision or kind of break out of that mold, then it's very difficult for you. So you might be tempted to not let them make that choice, even though that would be the obvious choice they make due to, because of the who they are. Mm-hmm. And if you stop them from doing that, then you've wrecked that character. Because now the character is making, is changed to the reader, right? Like when you get to that scene, you're like, oh, this character is going to do this because that's totally, oh, well, what, why did they make that choice? Yeah. That's not, in, that's not who they are. That ruins the character for you, you know, like, and, but sometimes the writer is forced to do that because they, the plot takes over the, you know, is driving the characters and that's not what should happen. And I was trying to write a mystery and I think I could say I'm still trying to write it, although I haven't really worked on it much lately, mm-hmm. but that was my problem with it for sure is I was, I was having a, because I don't really plan my stories. I don't sit down and outline them or plot them. I just start writing. It's, and my plan was, you know, I'll, I'll just do the mystery and then I'll go back through the story again and sort of rewrite it and, and make it clearer and kind of put the clues in or kind of drop in the points that I need to kind of make more clear when I when I figure out what's going to happen. And I knew the final scene, what the final scene was going to be, but I didn't know like how I was going to get, get there. But I kept finding myself kind of stuck getting to the murder. And so kind of everything was sort of leading to the murder. Right. And then once the murder happens, then then I had things that I wanted the characters to have to do. But I just found that the, besides the narrator, who I knew very well because they're narrating the story, so they seem very real to me, the other characters were very opaque, and I was having trouble like getting a handle on them. And I found like the character is supposed to be like the main character of the story, not who's not the narrator. Uh, I found it kind of a kind of a drip and hmm. not very interesting. And that's my fault as the writer that I wasn't making him interesting. So I had I kind of stopped writing it because I was felt like I was just running into a wall, a eventual wall. But yeah, I think do you, do you find you've got the um, the problem Ira Glass describes for the? I don't know what, what, what Ira Glass. The Ira Glass is. Uh, problem is when you're starting off with any kind of you know art form, mm-hmm. um, you're starting off also as a fan of the art form, so your taste is very very good, and you're not yet. Yeah, and so the discrepancy of uh, your work to your taste mm. is jarring and is what shuts most people down. It's like you're a musician, you know what great music is, mm. you kn- but you're not playing music to your taste, yeah. to standards yeah, yeah. as a as a as a listener of music. Mm. Um, but you know you've got to like kind of divide yourself up. You got to cut yourself that slack and and let yourself get good. No, I think I'm actually a really good writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry to sound like a no, that's fine. Diego maniac. Actually, like you know, there's parts of the story that I think are really funny. So like, do really you, you do you like your own writing? I'm not a huge fan of my writing per se, but I, I I think that I'm a good storyteller. Okay. You know, like I think I know how to... Are you to your taste? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would really like my stories. Okay. That's who I'm writing for, is for myself. Sure, sure. Yeah. So if That's I like both it, the good and the bad sometimes sure, for people. Sure, yeah. Uh Yeah, no, I think it's more it's more time related than anything because I, I write in a really methodical way and in a very kind of labor intensive way because what i do is when i write is i go i go back in the story and rewrite up to where i stopped and then continue on again mm-hmm. and i find that kind of gets me into the where into the frame of this like it, my kind of mind mindset of the story i guess i should say 
But yeah, I think, but my biggest problem I was having with that story was just like the main character was a kind of, it was hard to know that character. When you say they're a drip. Well, I just mean that he had no personality. Mm. Like there was no time and I wasn't giving him any opportunity in the story to, to either be good or bad or to gotcha. have opinions or take action or anything. He was just going through this, you know, I'll kind of give a little bit of story because sure, it's, sure, it's a, it was a base in Hollywood, based right. in post-war Hollywood. So, and it's a movie musical. This character has come back from the war and is being kind of put back into this life that he kind of didn't enjoy very much, which is being in Hollywood musicals. And so, but I just found like all I was doing was just because I knew like how Hollywood musicals are made. I was just going through the stages of how you put a musical together in Hollywood at that time. And this character was just being put through the stages. He wasn't like making decisions. He wasn't, Mm. do you know what I mean? So I just, after a while, I just realized, okay, I'm not, I'm not really getting this character. I'm not, I have nothing set for who this person is. I kind of know their backstory, but I don't know how to make that story clear through them, like through their actions, through their, their reactions and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if I need to go back and, and sort of rework it a little more before I carry on. Or maybe accept that part of the story as as that both me and the reader, that this character is sort of opaque and have him more revealed mm. on the other side of the of the Yeah, murder. that's possible. And then we can see more of this character, whether he's duplicitous or he's going to take control or whatever. You know, it's hard to know. I don't really know how, how it'll go on the other side. I don't see him being duplicitous. I sort of I sort of based him on like actors that I like from that time period. So I don't want him to be like a bad guy. And maybe that's a problem too. If you like a character too much, you don't, you're not going to let the story unfold the way it should. Mm. Because then you don't want the character to get hurt by the story. And that's also not a good place for an author to be. If you fall in love with your character, you, you should gotta not. You got to kill your babies. You, yeah, you got to, you shouldn't be writing that character anymore. It's like Dorothy L. Sayers fell in love with, with her character, uh, Lord Peter Whimsy, which is such a terrible name anyway. You can tell, you can tell already. It was, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she fell in love with the character so much that she put a, a character in the story named Harriet Vane, who was her. <laughs> it was a mystery writer. Sure. Who hooks up with Peter, Lord Peter Whimsy, and I think they get married. And, <laughs> you know, like, so, but she just put herself into the stories because she just loved this character so much. But so once she that would happens, be Lady Whimsy. Yeah. Oh, that'd be terrible. And, yeah, and it's just... It just it just feels like once you do that you've you've given up you've you've given up you've given up the character's autonomy the character is now under your control and that's not that's not a good or interesting character in that situation I don't think would you just would you agree with that yeah, it, it depends on it's, it's different re- writers yeah different writers different ways yeah sure so when you're writing say extra sisters okay. Thanks for plugging Extra Sisters. You're welcome. I, by the way, I, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I bought, I got your graphic novel. It came, came to me in the mail. Oh, appreciate it. Well, who sent it to you? Uh, Amazon. Nice. Yeah. Amazon.ca. Dot ka. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, it's, re- it's really good. Actually, I really liked reading it, just like sitting down and reading it all in a row. It, it really, oh, cool. Really worked. Actually, to me, in a way, and it worked better than it worked as the, as individual as individual things. Like it just kind of, it was just fun to get them all at once. Sure, just kind of go ah here, oh I get it, because you have a lot of like, there's a lot of depth to it, like a lot of deep parts to it. That if you, you know, like me, Mister read it once, I'm done. So then it's uh, thrown over your shoulder, like, yeah, prior exactly. Time. Like ugh, they hit the wall behind me and go, what? who put that wall there? <laughs> 30 years ago. What was that? Writer's block. Oh. <laughs> um, 
So when you're when you're writing, so you obviously have a plot in mind. Okay. You yeah. have you have sort of mapped out where what's going to happen. Generally, yes. And so then you're kind of plop, plopping your characters into that plot. Mm, to a degree. And the, I but mean, what again, if what I'm, if you what if your characters kind of work counter to the plot? What they do. And so when that happens, you you have to kind of yeah, you adjust, you adjust it, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. There's a major character that, in there that was supposed to um, end up in a certain uh, place, and they yeah. did not. Okay, and uh, yeah, yeah, everything because just because of the dialogue, because of the backstory that yeah. I, I then wrote for them, uh, their what happened to them in that just made me go like, oh no, 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 then they wouldn't do this; they would do this, and yeah, and I, I tried, I tried to. You know, I try to have every character have, you know, some depth and not just be someone who's coming in and uh, just dumping exposition, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And, and moving things along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting watching Supernatural now because I didn't watch it before I, I wrote this. Yeah. And again, occasionally, like, something will come and like, ooh, that's a little close. <laughs> but because of, of how I'm approaching it, I think it's it's its, its own thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. For sure. I mean, both you and it are dealing in kind of common like you know kind of mythical characters or legends of our you know our modern sort of mythical things that right. we love like like you know so and and both and both uh, are are dealing with like how do people deal with tragedy as well mm-hmm. and uh you know uh, and 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 um, both of our characters deal with it through violence and humor yeah you know but there's always like something under the surface that's you know a little bit a little bit more i would like to think yeah yeah, yeah it's it's the weird thing to me is like how often do you bring that to the surface and how often do you sort of subtext it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh you know let the hopefully let the reader pick up on uh, on that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know you don't you obviously you don't want the uh, futurama thing of you know you know you can't just have characters say say their feelings that makes me angry yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but it's tricky, isn't it? Because if, okay, we go back to my story where I've got a character that I feel like isn't giving enough about of himself to, in the mm. story. Oh, by the way, the other story, the other thing I try not to do, which I do see in Supernatural, is yeah, uh, is I don't like to have them uh, fight with each other. Yeah, I don't like to have them yeah. like like as, as an argue. Yeah, um, you know they do they they do say you know they can disagree and what have you, but I just find often. Uh, just like the t- your two main characters breaking out into an argument mm-hmm. just seems a little too easy. And it doesn't feel realistic. You know, it's not often that, you know, two friends or siblings, you know, will just completely out in public yeah, you know, yeah. go at it. Whereas, yeah. you know, it's supernatural. Of course they will. They'll just start arguing with each other mm-hmm. and slam and thins around because they're two macho guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to show that they're at odds, but while they're still just talking to each other. Sure, you know, which sure. Which is a little bit... Or, yeah. or through their actions, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 a little bit more difficult to do. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, back to you. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, that's all I was going to point out. It's just that thing about subtext that if you like, yeah, I could say, well, this character is, you know, all all of his feelings and emotions, everything he's going through are all subtext. But at the same time, then you're like, gee, you need to bring it out a little bit. Otherwise, he is really just this cipher that that's just kind of moving like a ghost or everything. But mm-hmm. maybe if you we're in the war and you came back home, you'd be a ghost for a while. Yeah, maybe. I mean, to me, it's, uh, you know, what's this character's greatest fear? Okay. So what are they protecting that isn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be reacting always to their greatest fear. Yeah. But their greatest fear would shape 
what they are and how they react to other things, mm-hmm. even things that were unrelated to that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and in that way, it could show uh, what they what they really are most most afraid of, or what do they care the most most about? But they don't want to say it out loud. So how would they show that they care about this thing without saying that they care about this thing? And you know, that's 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 the trick to me. Hmm. quite often yeah it's not just having someone turn to another person go i love you (laughs) (laughs) You nothing wrong with saying i love you i was gonna say i I do say that to my wife quite a bit so yes i think it's okay to say that that is that is absolutely i know we're canadians but i think it's okay for us to say everyone says i love um and what are you what are you scared to say that you care about Mm. yeah 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 i mean so you got a murder mystery Mm mm-hmm um so uh who are you inspired by for doing a murder mystery what authors <laughs> well the f- who are your guys as mark Marin would say who are my guys is that what yeah. he says yeah well because of the time frame of this of the story i would i would have to put point to dashiell hammond and philip or sorry uh, raymond chandler as okay. uh, being like like you know the most obvious antecedents for it. but what's in what's truly the case is that my favorite Dashiell Hammett story is this wonderful story that's in a collection called Nightmare Alley that came out. It's a it's a collection of stories that were never released um, during the lifetime of Lillian Hellman, who controlled um, Dashiell Hammett's estate after his death. And so there's a bunch of stories that she, for whatever reason, she felt were not characteristic of him or were not worthy of of our reading them. And so she kind of just put them aside. She didn't destroy them or anything, but she just wouldn't allow them to be released. Sure. And so upon her death, uh, some enterprising publishers f- got these stories and they released them. And in more, one of, and in Nightmare Alley, this book, there's a story and I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry, but it's not like any of his other characters. It's, it's a really, f- it's, well, it's a bit like Nick and Nora Charles, I guess, but Nick, Charles is still kind of a former detective, so he still has a bit of a hard-boiled edge to him, mm-hmm. even if it's softened by a lot of alcohol in the story and in the movies. But in this book, it's basically this is the son of the of the owner of this insurance company is is an insurance investigator, and he's sort of an unwilling insurance investigator. He'd really rather be a poet, and so in the story, he's like working on a poem, and he's trying to find this perfect rhyme for it. And then he gets interrupted because he has to go in and do, investigate this crime. It's like a robbery or something. Right. And so he's but he's really kind of like a foppish, almost, I wouldn't, maybe even sort of gay character, but not like obviously gay, just sort of like, a, you know, not a tough guy. He's right. just sort of like a poet. And, but he's dealing with all these really tough guy cops and other insurance investigators, stuff like that, and people who have no respect for him. But he solves the crime without any trouble at all, just very easily. So he can get back to figure out the, and he finds the final, at the end of the story, he finds the rhyme he wanted for this mm. poem and he can finish it to his, to his satisfaction. And then, of course, his tough guy dad is, doesn't understand him, but is pleased with, with his, uh, you know, his, that he got the case solved and everything. And it's a really good story. And it's really light and very airy and very fun. It's not a, you know, like some of the, some of the like continental op stories are very dark and, and, you know, with a lot of, people behaving badly to each other and, yeah. and double crossing and stuff like that whereas this this book is this very interesting story because there is that element like i say of that they don't no one around him gets them the hard-boiled cops who are trying to deal with this robbery or whatever it was they don't get him but at the same time they respect him because they know he's good at his job and so it's kind of a fun mix mm. of, of everything and i really like that so 
when I started doing the story, I kind of cha- I didn't really keep the same kind of character, but I like the idea of of people, someone who's a kind of not like everyone else, uh, trying to solve a crime, and so that's why I, I like that even actor doing it, and uh, yeah. So there you go. Nice. So yeah, so it's um, I think I probably wrote about almost half of it, I guess, maybe maybe a little over a third of it. Because I really put off the murder for a long time, <laughs> so because I just wanted, to, I was having so much fun with the with the narrator and his story, and 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 kind of setting stuff up as well. So setting and just kind of borrowing elements from uh, from Chandler or Hammett. So you know things like gambling clubs that are on the outskirts of L.A. and things like that. You know that that seems so weirdly evocative. You know, and then the books are like so little described that you just feel like you can just do them yourself that way. You know, you just sure. kind of you just make it up. I don't know what they're like. So I just imagine they're just like someone's house that someone's just converted into a gambling club. And that's what, you know, what it is. And it's just sort of fun to be able to do that. And that's probably why I like to set it in the past. Okay. Because I, I don't really know the present very well because I don't really live in the present <laughs> very often. So I don't know. I have no idea like what a gambling club would be like in a modern setting. Like, like I imagine they're like things downtown somewhere, like a second story or whatever, of a, or the basement of some club or whatever. But I don't know. Like I don't. I don't have no interest in knowing. Like I don't care about that. So, right. like I, I, that's not. A, that's not the. I don't really. Not really interested in that part of what I'm writing. I, I have no interest in like researching things. I rather just make it up. So it's better to put it in the past because you can kind of like, you sort of know it, and you, but you can just kind of interpolate it in a way that you know it's easier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can just kind of like, oh, they have a boat, and it's a it's a casino on a boat. Oh, that's that's easy. Sure. <laughs> that makes you know. I know that's from a Chandler story. I think so. I'll just put that in there. And if it it's not, real. it should be. Yeah, that's right. Feels real, and that's fun. You know, that's like, basically. I think you've, uh, you know, I think you've just said two words that are very important as a writer. Feels real. Yeah. yeah. Is this real? <laughs> no. Feels real though, right? Sure. Sure. Wait, is this an old Shakespeare days? Yeah. Why is there a computer? Nah, no. Feels real though, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. And it's my, all right. My ultimate favorite thing as as a writer is when you have that great coincidence that you just introduce for no reason because you just need like, oh, I needed a character here. So I'll just throw this guy in. And then later on you're writing, you're like, oh, that person would be perfect for this thing. So I'll just use him. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Ah, oh, it's as if this was writing itself. <laughs> so that's great. Like you just have that perfect introduction for a character and then you can bring him back later. This is something, you know, when uh, people are writing and they, uh, they, uh, they're, they're all blocked up and I'm like, just keep writing. Just mm-hmm. keep writing. Mm-hmm. And there will be enough coincidences that will uh, connect things together and you can always throw away the other crap later. Mm -hmm. But you will find things that will link together in a way uh, that you only uh, get if you just keep writing through the block. And I know that you've got to write stuff that once again, your taste goes, oh, oh no, I can't let anyone see this garbage. It's like, it's okay. No one needs to see this draft. This is just between you and God. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, Just keep writing, keep writing, get to the end. And now, now it's all editing. Go back, fix it up, connect this thing, link it all together. You've now got all the jigsaw puzzle pieces, and then I'll, I'll start working on it that way. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, I, well, it's it is fun to write. It's uh, in a way, it's in a way, it's sort of easy. But yeah, like you say, another way, it's hard. Just the fact that you are easy things are very difficult. You're you have this god's eye view of yourself watching yourself write, and you're just like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> yeah, stop, you basically gotta it. take your headphones and put them on, and the headphones just say "fraud, fraud, 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 fraud" on the loop. 
You know, there's other people writing. Why are you writing? There's yeah. no reason for you to write. Mm-hmm. Are there is there a shortage of mystery books out there? Why do we need this one? Yeah, you know, uh, you're you think you're as good as the other oh people. Oh my gosh, it feels like I'm fraud, <laughs> fraud, 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 fraud. How'd you get in my head? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's because you've got a story to tell, and that story needs to get out there. And the only person who can tell that story is you. So you got to do it. Mm. Just like this podcast, we're the only people that can do it. No oh. one else can do this podcast. So you're saying. Uh, that if one of us uh, or both of us passed on, that there'd be no more Sneaky Dragon? Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> why a, are you telling, what a load that would be. Why are you telling people how to, uh, <laughs> how to end this? How to stop this nightmare? Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, we have to kill both heads there's, of the dragon. There's people out there who like the show just automatically populates into their, into their iTunes or their podcast catcher or whatever they have. And then, then there's like... Uh, no, I'm sure guess, we'll be both doing this from the I guess afterlife. I'll have to. Just like, hey, I saw Lincoln today. <laughs> what did he have to say? Nothing. I'm too shy to go up yeah. and say hi. It's been 500 right. years. Go I was say reading hi the, to him. I was reading his journals. They call them Lincoln Log. <laughs> Kill me again. There you go. <laughs> Up there, unfortunately, he's online now. So he's got the Lincoln blogs. It's like, oh, oh. there you are. <laughs> Um, so last week we uh, we asked a question about to animals. We did, and the animal question we asked was, uh, "What interesting animals live near you?" Mm. And uh, because I was saying that uh, I live like just near an eagle's nest, which and uh, yeah, we get to see eagles out there. It's very nice. So our friend, a <laughs> uh, friend Louise, they don't get along. Uh, our, our friend Louise says, uh, in our part of East Vancouver, we get squirrels, raccoons, skunks, and coyotes. But I think the most interesting animal are the animals are the crows. I will I will say we've got very interesting crows. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Every evening, thousands of them uh, form a huge flock as they fly over uh, the city to roost in neighboring Burnaby near BCIT. It's an ominous sight, uh, but we always say bye bye crows when we spot them to wish them well on their nightly commute. Yeah, we call it crow o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be um, used to be you could also see bat o'clock. You know, that was like slightly after crow o'clock. Yeah, it would. Uh, it's funny because when I used to leave work and be driving to Sneaky Dragon, because I would drive by BCIT, I, I would often witness that crow, the, the flight of crows, which I didn't realize was crows. I just thought it was blackbirds. I, they look so small. They don't look crow-like at all because they're, they're quite high in the sky. Mm-hmm. And they're very... Um, like crows, you never really see too often unless they're like fighting an eagle or something. You don't really see them doing like too much aerial maneuvers or anything they usually just kind of flying as a crow flies yeah uh from point a to point b and then uh so when you see these birds swooping and and turning as they're deciding where they're gonna roost right you know because what birds do is they'll they'll kind of swoop over an area and they'll through i don't know how they do it but they figure out how many of them can can stay there Mm -hmm. and then how many more need to move on to, to another area because they don't want to over they have, oh, okay. if there's too many of them there then there's, there's not enough food for them so they need to like kind of spread out but they'll just kind of drop numbers as they go and it is fun to watch them one time I was driving and I was listening to the Beck album I think Morning Phases and there's a song in there called like Blackbird something or they're talking like basically it's a description of that effect of birds flying through the sky yeah. and it was just kind of a magical moment of that song playing and then me watching oh, this thing happening yeah it was a cool moment Chris Roberts writes, uh, we have lots of red deer in the Scottish Highlands. Uh, every, everywhere I live, uh, around a mile from the center of Inverness, 
Uh, we'll sometimes see one, oh, even where I live, sorry, around a mile from the center of Inverness, uh, we'll sometimes see one taking an early morning stroll down the center of our street. Uh, <laughs> oh. Red squirrels uh, are beautiful and uh, still fairly common, uh, though the greys have taken over in much of the rest of the country. Gray squirrels. Goddamn greys. Yeah. Uh, we get occasional hedgehogs and foxes in our oh, garden. I'd love to and, see a hedgehog. And uh, my daughter uh, once met a badger here, too. Uh, cool. Herons are plentiful, as are red kites, and we uh, sometimes see an osprey. Right now, we're getting regular visits from ducks, crows, jackdaws, uh, goldfinches, greenfinches, and kingfishers, plus an occasional sparrowhawk, and several varieties of bee and butterfly. At night, large numbers of bats uh, swoop around our windows. Uh, one summer, when our son Jake was around two or three, he kept finding dead uh, pipistrelle bats, which he'd pick up and bring into the house. We contacted a bat protection society who asked us to freeze one of the bodies uh, for someone to come and collect. Uh, they did, came, made a popsicle out of it, and ate it. Oh, gross. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Anyway, uh, that weekend, my turned. mother came to visit, opened the freezer, and totally freaked out. <laughs> Uh, the fact that she was in the a- act of uh, stashing an entire uh, cow's tongue in there somehow wasn't weird to her. Uh, finding a dead bat, though, oh boy. And he said, uh, Chris said to, to her mother, I will become Batman. Oh. That's right. Um, Edward uh, Dragansky says, uh, we have coyotes where I live and the babies howl at night. You can hear them from the nearby fields. We also have more rabbits than I've ever seen. The neighborhood sometimes looks like uh, they're shooting a live version of Watership Down. Ooh, that sounds depressing. Just like Watership Down. Um, One night when I was at the store in the parking lot and I heard coyotes howling from uh, very close by, I looked out across the dark field that was next to the parking lot and I heard something coming. It was about 20 rabbits running at top speed from the dark field. I'm guessing the coyotes were after them and were chasing them my way. Oh. Yeah. Or maybe offering them to you as, uh, <laughs> you know, tribute. Yes. We used to have uh, coyotes in uh, in my neighborhood, too, that we would, like, chase out. Mm. Chase away with brooms. Get out of here. Yeah. Get away from Get out of cats. Here. Leave the roadrunners alone. And uh, our friend Dylan says, uh, as far as animals go, probably much of... Uh, the uh, wildlife, talking about being in Australia, would be a novelty to North Americans. Uh, we don't have any large predators uh, that'll bulge your jo- doors in, though. <laughs> we recently had a few ibises picking uh, the grubs out of our front lawn for a month or two. That's cool. About uh, two meters from our front door. We have uh, cute little possums here that if you inadvertently get near them in the dark will make a sound like Smaug uh, <laughs> discovering you've stolen his gold cup. Well, that's adorable. Uh, we have... Uh, we have a drought in the southeast at the moment, and I've been getting kangaroos invading uh, suburban school grounds looking for grass and a good education. <laughs> Contrary, now it's just me about the good education thing. Contrary to legend, this is not normal in this part of the world. Uh, apart from the ones that everyone keeps uh, in the garage and rides to work, we know. Um, oh, and our cat has recently started bringing in baby eastern brown snakes through the, his cat flap. Uh, these are thought to be the second most venomous snakes in the world. My wife is not happy with this development. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> At least they're babies. I guess they, they're, they're not quite as venomous as a... Uh... Okay, but where there's a baby, there's a mom, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. My cat seems to be pretty pretty uh, risk, a risk taker, pretty daredevil cat. Yeah. Well, if you eat uh, a venomous snake, is that poison as well? 
No, I don't think so. Okay, then. There we are. Thank you very much. Oh, no, that's... Uh, oh, that's Because the venom is in... Usually it's like a sack by their teeth, right? Right. And you're probably not going to eat their teeth. I don't think a cat would be eating their teeth. I don't know. I don't know how cats play this. I, just I don't the think idea cats of a, are even eating them. A cat them, going out in Australia. Yeah. Like an outdoor cat in Australia mm-hmm. should just have a gun. <laughs> like, and I know you don't have guns. I understand. You know, not guns. But like then a crossbow or something for the cat. There's just so yeah. much out there that's so What you're so saying dangerous. is people in Australia, this is a public service, people in Australia, arm your cats. Please. And Please. again, I get not guns. Not guns. It's fine. Crossbows are okay. Lances, yeah. also okay. Right. Uh, uh, Poleaxes. Throw, throwing stars. Throwing stars. Yep. Japanese throwing stars. Notice I'm not saying boomerangs because I don't want to be like really on, on the nose with this. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know if that's an offensive thing to to, to put a boomerang on an Australian throw cat. Throw a boomerang. Yeah. So offensive to throw boomerangs in Australia. Here's my here's a question, Dylan. Does uh, are there any cartoon cats in Australia, and mm. what are they like? Like, what's your Garfield? Do you have anything like that there? Oh, okay. Do you have a Heathcliff? Yeah. Do you have like a no. Sylvester? Do you have a, and what's what's that cat like? All their cartoon animals in Australia, rabbits. Right. Well, I wish I wish you I wish you all the best. Like I wish. I wish your cat wasn't bringing in the uh, second most venomous snake in the world. Dude, what's the most venomous? Cobra? No. Uh, rattlesnake? No. Uh, super poise? The what's super that? poison snake? No. Super poise? Most poisonous snake? Yeah. Is? Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, um, oh, darn it. I can't remember his name. Perez Hilton. There you are. Uh, we were also Thanks, were talking. Everyone. We were also were talking a little bit about um, end of the monologue, the hag dream, Ooh. and uh, Louise. Louise wrote, "I've but heard she actually gets the hag has hag dreams." I've uh, I've heard that some people dream the hag is sitting on their chest, mm. hence the term hag ridden. Yeah. Uh, when I experience sleep paralysis, I dream it's a strange man standing by my bed. Uh, maybe what you dream about is based on a subconscious fear or a cultural myth uh, that you've been told. Mm. No, no, it's just a real ghost. Yeah, yeah, it's no, guy. it's not. It's not. You're Don't acting worry. like it's made up. No, it's real. It's real. Yeah. For for me, uh, again, as a kid, what I used to see was a moon at the end of my bed. Okay. And just like it was the moon, actually, from the f- end of uh, the Friendly Giant TV show. Oh, that was Mac and me. No, that's not no. the moon, is it? No, I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah, are you thinking of Mac tonight? Yeah, from uh, the McDonald's thing. Yeah, that's they're both McDonald's things. Yeah. So don't feel bad about sorry. that. Got mixed up. If I, Mac tonight, uh, sorry, Mac and me would be a really creepy mm. uh, thing to have at the end of your uh, bed as well. Okay, I met the uh, brother uh, from from uh, Mac and me. Did I ever tell you that? No. I don't I, know. I've never seen the movie, but... Uh, I watched... Yeah, I watched it for the first time, like, last year. Okay. And the brother uh, looked familiar, and I was like, oh, what was that from? And then I looked up his resume and uh, on IMDb, and he was in a pilot that I did oh. back when I would do such things. Okay. Uh, it was a, a show when Fox was just starting up called The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. And I remember he when was, you did that. He was Beans Baxter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And I was a preppy kid who was a real snob to Beans Baxter because back then I would play nerds and preppies. And then later on I would play uh, young dads and then I would play older dads. <laughs> and then I just kind of stopped doing it. And that was mostly, that was on commercials. You weren't ready to play, play grandfather would, yet. No. No. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would be. You're uh, a young grandfather. <laughs> It was uh, it was henpecked dads a lot of the time okay. in the commercials because that's how yeah. commercials were. 
Yeah. I was the dopey, uh, dopey husband who looked. Well, they're still like that. They're still the dopey. Who I'd be walking by Radio Shack and then I'd go flying through the air and <laughs> smash my face into the glass because there was such great Radio Shack products that were there that I just needed to see. Yeah, and they would hook me up to a harness and I would ask for extra padding. And the guys that didn't ended up bleeding. So always ask for the extra padding. Don't be a big shot. <laughs> and listen, if you're again trying to look like a big shot, mm-hmm. the extra padding means uh, more packing around the groin. So that comes across well on the on the commercial. Good, good, uh, good tip. Yep, good tip. Good tip there. And it protects the tip as well. <laughs> so we got uh, that's the that's the modern commercial still though. The modern commercial is still dumb guy. Mm-hmm. Smart mum, and then also, uh, like guy, like you look at the guy and you look at the woman, and you're like, why is she married to this guy? Mm. Like, what's going on here? This is not, this is not like equal footing. Well, you need to have someone like who this guy married up. Like, if they both were on the ball, then yeah, then uh, they wouldn't need the product that you're selling. No, no, that's that's part of it. And who are you trying to sell the product to? Probably to the person that they're uh, making uh, smart. But yes, you're right. <laughs> Screw those ads. <laughs> that's how, that's yeah. how I feel. Speaking as a smart dad, I yeah, feel... Would it be funny if you had an ad like that, right? And mm-hmm. you had like dad and you had mom and it's a table and you have like a kid. And then, uh, and then you know, dad does whatever dumb thing, you know, that you would normally do. Yeah. The kid just turns to dad and just goes, why are you such a fucking idiot? <laughs> Exactly, and then and then the uh, and then McDonald's comes. Yeah, (laughs) eat at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And the dad, I don't know, he goes and eats at McDonald's restaurant, not not the food inside. Yeah, he's a real he's He's a real dummy. And then the kid goes, "You're still a fucking dumbass." (laughs) And then and the words Radio Shack comes up. It's like, was this an ad for Radio Shack or for McDonald's? I don't understand what's going on at this point. This is weird. And so dad, like you know, just is sad and and wanders over to the Radio Shack, and uh, but he actually just goes to a real shack, (laughs) and and he goes inside, and the person who lives in the shack just beats him up and throws him out. (laughs) Wow! And then an ad comes up, Trivago. Trivago. It's like, what is this? Is a Trivago thing? Wait, what was this all about? That guy's not a dad. I'm confused. I don't know what what happens, and then and then you find out the dad's really a robot. Oh, yeah, that is a twist. Yeah, I and then and then the ad comes out. It, it says Twilight Zone. Oh, and it's like uh, showing like at nine o'clock. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, what a twist, twisteroo. Sure. The Travago guy isn't a dad. He's a he's a he's a mum magnet. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He also uh, got arrested for drunk driving a while ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yep. No good. That's no good. Yeah. That's so right. just pulled off into a hotel. He knows what they are. <laughs> he knows what to right? do. <laughs> he should have just stayed. I stayed overnight. Uh, Trivago guy. Uh, is he still? Is he still the Trivago guy? I don't know. After uh, that? After that? I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, it always felt like uh, they just kept trying something. He felt like a stepdad yeah. that was really trying to make you like him, and it was like different every time to the mm. point where he was just like dancing and <laughs> I never joking and doing all these, and they do all these crazy characters, mm. and it's just like. Calm down. Is that what he really did? Yeah. Calm down, Trivago guy. Oh. I ever thought he was just like, I thought he just was like kind of a guy with like this, that stylish like three-day stubble on his face. And the untucked shirt. The untucked shirt and just kind of cool looking and then he just tells you about... Yeah, they've tried a lot of stuff with Trivago guy. Oh, really? Like a lot. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's a, it's a I've deep, only seen that Trivago it's a, guy. No, no, it's a deep well to go down. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'll have to explore he's done, this one day. He's done like a whole character reel oh, know, wow. in one ad. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to explore this more. Yeah. Or not. 
Sure. I, I can go either way on it's this. It's like uh, the progressive uh, woman. Um, I forget what her name is. But, uh, yeah, she's done the thing where she's played multiple characters as her, you know, as well. And I would actually like to see the two of them get together. Cause mm. they, and just do, like, you know, a two-person show with, like, <laughs> two all their many characters. <laughs> and it could be sponsored by their various companies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when and – oh, okay, forget it. Do you do Trivago when you uh, look for a hotel? Well, to be honest with you, I don't look for hotels very often. Okay. So, no. The last time we, Lisa and I were going to take a trip was in 2015. And we canceled it because I lost my job. And we thought, this is not a good time to be spending a lot of money. Okay. The only problem with that was when we canceled, <coughs> all, the, all the hotels that I'd booked, I could cancel without any penalty. But we had booked a place in Yosemite Park. Mm-hmm. And I had to pay for that. Even though I, even though I canceled like months before we were going to go there. Months. Aww. And you called them up and went, hey, Yosemite, could I cancel? And they went, no, you razzle, frazzle, and snazzle, and gazzle. <laughs> like, oh, this guy. Why is Yosemite Sam working in Yosemite? Like, oh, rootin' this, tootin' this, shootin' this. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They said, I don't want to come here anyway. We're going to blow up soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've got, that's the reaction I'm, I was looking for. I've got a, I'm still coming at the tail end of a cold, and it's very difficult to do Yosemite Sam without getting uh, into a coughing jag. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really like that character when I was, uh, when I was a kid. He was not my I favorite. I don't think you, don't think you have to like that character because he's a bad guy. Yeah, but no, he's a just, foil. Just because his funny. voice was just so. Oh. It was just a kind of an unpleasant guy. I was hmm. like. Ah, Elmer Fudd's fine. I didn't. Or even better, if uh, is Bugs Bunny going up against Daffy Duck? Ah, now we're talking. <laughs> those, those here's, are good. here's a good episode. Or maybe a nice uh, opera singer. That's sure. also really, really yeah. nice. That happened once. Yeah. So um, you were breaking the news to me about the new uh, Batman uh, earlier. Oh, yes. Yeah. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is former, going to be Batman. Former vampire. Oh, so he's got a bat connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think there is a... Is there a bat connection? I don't think Twilight vampires do the bat thing. They don't change it to bats? They do not do the bat thing. Do they wear capes? They do not wear capes. Really? Even the fancy... Um... Oh, the Volturi? Yeah. Man, I think actually the Volturi do wear capes, don't they? Isn't that how they walk around? They're just kind of caped. Sure. The caped Volturi. There you go. Michael Sh- Michael Sheen going, I'm glad I'm getting paid a lot for this. I really am glad I'm getting... <laughs> I really am glad I'm getting paid a lot for this. Please allow me to ham it up. Yeah, he's had, he has a good time. Yeah. So you like the idea of uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman? You know what? I, I do, actually. I think yeah, you were saying that. You seemed uh, pleased with that. I think that'll be good. I think I think he's an actor who is better than people think he is mm-hmm. uh, because he was in a series of terrible films that are ter- not his fault. I mean, he's just a young actor sure. looking for a job. He was looking for a job, and he found a job. Heaven knows he's miserable now. He... Yeah, his job was to, you know, um, uh, glare, yeah. rude, yeah. Uh, smolder. Sure. And he did it. He did. He smoldered like nobody's business. And that's pretty much Batman, too. Stand still, turn <laughs> glare, your head slightly, uh, say a line. Yeah. You know. Um, well, it depends how rubbery and tough the cowl you're wearing is. That de- right. really does depend on how much head movement you get. But no, I think he'd do a good job. And, you know, just to further something that I said before, which is that... I am entirely behind DC's idea of just like throwing shit against the wall and see what sticks. Like it just feels, feels like where they're going right now. Yeah, and then it's like I, we don't know what universe we're going to do right now. Let's just 
let people do what they want. You know, Todd Phillips, you directed The Hangover, you directed Old School. Heck, you can direct a Joker movie. I'm sure you'll do a great job. You know, it's this, it's this, it's not something that writes, you know, it's not something that writes itself. You don't go, Todd Phillips, The Hangover trilogy, Old School. Man, this guy is this guy perfect for the Joker. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, why not? Why not? Because what else are they doing that's good? We just um, we just did an episode of Fan Splainers. We talked about Jordan Peele's Us. By the way, everyone listen to Fan Splainers. Yeah, and most uh, recent one dropped. We talked about Endgame. There you are. Uh, and we're talking about how comedians and uh, horror, uh, you know, uh, writers. Yeah. Uh, or, or you know, uh, there's a connection. There there's a connection. Yeah, time, you the build timing, up tension, and, yeah, yeah, and then you release it either yeah. in a comedic way or a horrific way. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you're doing the Joker, he's kind of a horror character. Sure. So you know, I can I can definitely see how you know you you can play that. Um, I'm hoping that uh, you know with uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman, yeah, uh, that we will not be seeing the Joker in his. Okay. Because that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good. We're yeah. good for Joker. Who, Joker. who should be the Who should be the villain in the Batman movie? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from Sterling Gates, who's um, a, a comic book writer and also a writer for the Flash, and uh, oh. he he just tweeted. Uh, man bat, calendar man, clock king, bat mite, two face, red hood, hush, clue master, riddler, the mad hatter, anyone but the Joker. Yeah. And like Batman mm. does have like a bunch of crazy. There's a characters. few in there that I don't think would be very good. We know who I think would be best out of that list that you just read to me. Bat mite. No, um, ah. red hood. And here's okay. why. Here's why. Cause I don't know who that character is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most people know who that character is. So you're not locked into any particular like backstory with that character you can kind of if you want to you can go your own way with it right you're not you're not beholden to like the comic book idea which i think with joker you are kind of beholden to the comic book idea of what that character is um at least or at least our cultural idea of who the joker is whereas red hood who knows who that is so just have some fun with it hopefully it's a young girl trying to take uh, cookies to her grandma that's a villain i want to see hello everyone everyone nope no one's there I just feel in general I'm kind of Batmaned out. Like I don't know I don't know if we need a Batman at this point. No. Like it's just it's just we're so we're we're so well, saturated. You, you with say Batman. that, but are, I, I do say that. Are we Captain America out? Are we are we Thor out? Okay, but if you'd seen I don't know like eight actors play Captain America, mm, you know, yeah. since you started watching Captain America, yeah, you'd be Captain America out. You're like, I'm good. I think there's we're, three people who have played Spider Man, and we we go like, that's a lot. Yeah, as like, well, that's nothing compared to freaking Batman. Yeah, but I mean, I mean so, if it was there's a so good many movie, Batman that George Clooney played him. Yeah, like he, he Clooney did it. Everyone did it. Clooney was a big star at the time. Sure, sure, sure. That's fine. But I'm like, who's played him? Yeah, except Val Kilmer. So many people have played Not a big star at the time. It's it's just a ridiculous amount of actors that play Batman. Yeah. A character that's like, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good character, but like, you know, aren't there any other DC characters you want to like give a give a try to? Go go for it. Try some stuff, you know? Play around. You got a big library and you got deep pockets. You're all right. Go. Sure. Sure. You know? But I think I mean, I can see for them, you know, they're putting 100 million dollars into a movie they want to or more, 250 million dollars mm-hmm. into a movie. They have to have like some element of guarantee to that film, and Batman, despite you say you're fatigued, yeah. is still yeah, I am super popular. Is most people's favorite superhero. If you ask your average guy who's not a comic book fan mm-hmm. who their favorite superhero is, it's Batman, because Batman seems the most real, even though he's 
even you can, probably, pro- you can project yourself into Batman. He's more as a impossible, yeah, because you know, besides the fact that he's super wealthy, what what else? What else is he? You know, a driven maniac. But what else is he? He's just you know, he's someone that people can can get. You know, like I think if you did a movie where you brought out that idea of him being a detective, yeah, that would be interesting. Fucking do that. Here's the thing about Batman is, uh, you know, he's supposed to be the best fighter in the world. Okay. And then you put him in so what a, much... What a boaster. Uh, yeah. You put him in so much armor, he can never fight. <laughs> yes. He can't move. He can't turn his damn head. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, what's how's that exciting? Mm. And it, and there's no vulnerability to, to it at all. You know, you got to then, I guess, at some point, get his armor off. I have a crazy idea for you. Okay. You ready for this? You ready for this, everybody? Uh, CGI costume. Kind of like Black Panther. Okay. But you could CGI the cloak. You could get like a real uh, mm-hmm. Marshall, what's the guy's name who did the... Yeah, Marshall Rogers. Marshall Rogers. Who was, he's kind of famous for like the big cloak and stuff like that. Uh, and that'd be kind of interesting. Like why not have the cape as kind of part of the character, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and then you have more mobility. But don't do what they did in Black Panther the movie. That was horrible. Do what they did in Civil War. In Civil War, they had, an act, they had the actor, uh, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, yep. playing, uh, wearing, uh, wearing a costume that allowed them to to then animate the costume over him. Mm. In Black Panther, they just animated a Black Panther character without any actors. Yeah, don't do that. And it looked terrible in the movie, right? Like yeah, that fight that. scene with Killmonger and him is just like two balloons bumping into each other. It looks terrible. So if you had, you know, uh, Robert. Pattinson, who yeah. I think is a physical person, like could do like physical yeah, you stuff. You got a young guy. You, you got a young guy. Be. Yeah, you can do some fight training, get some fight choreography going, and I think then if you have like you know the the, the little thingies they use to the laser pointers, what do they, what do they have? Like, sure, the little dots all over them that yep. that allow the animators to then duplicate the motions of the actor and then add the costume to it. I think that would be really effective, and yeah, just like more. I mean, like. Why not have, I don't think with the guns, but why not have like like a, a superhero who fights like John Wick, mm-hmm. you know, can, uh, without the guns. So yeah. just like the hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that. Right. Like, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. that he can throw. Sure. That, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Like, that would be a really good movie. This is the problem. And with, also being a detective. Yeah. This is the problem with Batman is Batman stands and turns his head slightly and then occasionally will like shoot a, a thing up yeah. above and will yeah. fly away. Yeah. Um, but like he doesn't move, mm-hmm. you know, except then when occasionally you'll just see from his back and the capes whipping around. It was like, but it doesn't look like, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, what's, what's the thing? It, Batman looks like a really easy guy to beat. Like you just want to like <laughs> run up behind him and push him that's and right. he'd fall over and he yeah, would yeah. not be able to get back that's up. Right. He's a turtle. Yeah. He would just, he would just turtle on the ground yeah, and just start yeah. to cry and be sad. <laughs> but yeah, but, you just make the costume. Well, he's really next- rich. He has two guys on salary whose job it is to pick him up. Just get him on his feet, brush, dust him down a little bit. Yep. Get back in there, Batman. And he's always like slowly floating, like over the city when he's do, when he's like flying, and like, well, shoot him now. <laughs> this is easy. You look how slow he's, he's going. He's so terrifying. Is he terrifying? Yeah. Okay. I'm too scared of him. Why? What's he what's his has idea? a lot of money. He's very litigious. <laughs> that is actually a good way to be uh, <laughs> to be scared of. Him. Um, no, I think you're right about the detective thing, like where he's got to actually solve mm-hmm. a mystery. And uh, and and you show that he is the world's greatest detective. Yeah, and like to me, like Red Hood, the character Red Hood. I don't know anything about this character, but to me, it doesn't sound like a super powered character. It just sounds like a thief or something like that, which is more interesting. Like if you had like him up against like, some kind of like, well, maybe I guess they wouldn't let Catwoman be in those movies. Why you know? not? I feel like they'd want to keep that character separate for for in some sort of weird franchise way that they don't want to. 
that's overlap. Because it's dumb. Because she's like a great jewel thief kind of character, and it would be right. A lot of and it's fun. also a love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to make her dangerous to catch though. a thief. Yeah, you got to make her dangerous, and you got to you know um, to 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 make that work. Yeah, no, uh, you got to use Catwoman if you can. Catwoman's great. So Bat- so Bruce Wayne is on vacation in Monaco. <laughs> and there's a jewel robbery, and the Batman has to solve it. And he could do like a. Cary Grant, uh, Grace Kelly to catch oh, a thief, but reverse the characters ah. so that he's the Grace Kelly and she's the, the Cary Grant. No, I like that. And let's, <laughs> and let's not make him a sour ball. Yeah, yeah, know? no, no. We want it to be fun. We want him to have some, we want him to, yeah, we want him to be like a lively, interesting person that a cat woman, a woman who is a thief and a you know, nonconformist would fall in love with this person who isn't like a stodgy millionaire mm-hmm. you know but it's kind of like a fun fun loving guy because that's his character you know that's his character as bruce wayne is fun like he's supposed to be if he's serious as bruce wayne and serious as batman where's the disguise mm-hmm. you know he should be like that foppish guy is batman don't make me laugh yeah it's uh i mean for a while there what they're going with with the joker was that he basically is in love with batman uh just because he makes his life exciting mm. And that is actually, that's like Catwoman's. Sure. Motive. I would say like you, you could have an interesting thing there where like she's not in love with him. Mm. She's in love with the idea of him. She's okay. in love with. The idea uh, of Batman. The idea of Batman. Yeah. Um, Black Cat uh, in Spider-Man comics, who's basically the same character as Catwoman. Okay. Um, is she the one that has like a little ring of fur around her yes. neck? Yeah. Sexy character. Very sexy character. Um, she, uh, she and Spider-Man had a romance and then at one point, like he showed her his identity and like took off his mask and she was against it. She was like, no, you're just a guy Yeah, that ruins everything. Mm. I'm in love with Spider-Man. I'm not in love with, with you. And so, and that was a really hard thing for him and it kind of broke them, broke them up. Yeah. Or if they ever did anything, he had to always keep the mask on because she only was in love with Spider-Man and she was not in love with uh peter, peter parker. parker which yeah. might be an interesting way to go with like bruce wayne like bruce bruce wayne could actually disgust her she that could be the because bruce wayne is the <laughs> uh, kind of i don't know if i like that because bruce because well, bruce wayne is the kind of guy that she would rob yeah she has no respect for these people who she robs these rich hoity toys that live in uh giant that's the that's the that's the thing about it though is that somehow she falls in love with this person that is normally a victim for her mm-hmm. you know and i don't like I understand what you mean about the Batman part of, it, but I don't know. I just well, there you go. Then the, I mean, she she falls in love with uh, someone who is, uh, you know, the person, she, the kind of person she like loathes the most. Yeah. And Batman hates criminals more than anything else. Mm-hmm. There's no one he hates more than criminals. Yeah. And he falls in love with a criminal. Well, so both of them fall in love with the thing that they yeah, uh, dislike the most. As Selena Kyle, she falls in love with Bruce Wayne, and Batman falls in love with Catwoman. That'd be kind of fun. What's what is Catwoman's motivation? She just wants to have a good time. Like she uh, she wants to like make statements. What's her motivation? Yeah, to to be a robber. You mean? Yeah. Why is uh? Why yeah, is I she think she's a. Sh- I think she's a show off and a thrill seeker. Mm-hmm. You know, so she chooses like the most difficult places to get into. You know, she could go for easy money all all day long, but she's not interested in that at all. She wants the most complicated, hardest things to get to. That's what she's really interested in. I would say that you do with her, you make her the person who um, 
you know, uh, people say no to her in her real life all the time because you want to, you want a contrast. You know, that she, she deals with maybe snobs and, and, you know, rich people treat her badly okay. and don't even see her. And maybe that's like part of the thing is like, yeah, I'm going to take that. You don't see me hmm. and I'm going to use that and I'm going to take everything from you, okay. you know, because you deserve it mm-hmm. for, for looking down on me and not seeing me as a, as a so, person. So she works for an auction house as an appraiser or that something could, like that. That could work. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that you, gives her content, that gives her the knowledge that she needs for the jobs that she and she's to an, do. Yeah. She's an expert on things and she knows how to, you know, move the product, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. afterwards. But she's, but she's robbing from people that she really thinks deserve it. Yeah. And then, yeah, some Bruce Wayne has something and Bruce Wayne doesn't deserve this thing. And so she goes in to rob Bruce Wayne's house and she finds something. Hmm. What does she find? How do you mean she finds oh, something? Oh, she could find the Batcave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, first of all, she robs Bruce Wayne's house. He finds her. You can have then the little, uh, you know, she, he, she, he's one of the first people that's like able, seen her. There's yeah. something that he figures out that like she's. So Bruce like, Wayne sees her. Yeah. That, and that's impressive, uh, to her that, yeah. that he actually has seen her because, you know, most people, most rich people don't mm-hmm. do a certain thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's the thing. So she, and she, uh, she decides to just like take him out quick. Not, you know, uh, you know, permanently, but just, yeah. you know, but then he's able to like kind of stop, stop that, but he's got to pretend that he's not a good fighter. So he's got to try and defend himself while, uh, you know, and she picks up on that. She picks up like, you're faking that you're bad at this. Why? Hmm. You know, why aren't you fully fighting? And then maybe she finds that condescending. And so she's got to go full on. And so the only way that he can defend himself, because she's now goes, I'm going to go lethal here. You've got to fight back or you're going to die. And it's like, shit, I've got to go full on. So they, they then do, do have to like, you know, kind of reveal who they are to each other. Hmm. For that. Yeah. Interesting. And, she, and she gets that. It's a good start. Okay. Now you got to go somewhere with Now it. let's not add another ki- let's not add another villain. All right. Okay, we're not going to add another villain. No. I'm just going to say one word to you though. Okay. Razel Ghoul. Disturbing. <laughs> no one knows what to do with Razel Ghoul. <laughs> Razel Ghoul, it's a terrible name. Razel Ghoul, it'll drive you insane. Razel Ghoul. This is the thing that Joker's got going for him. He's a clown. That's creepy. Yeah. It's simple to do. There you go. Two-Face, uh, you got to really work on the makeup on the face. Mm. This is this is the problem. Look really good on uh, whatever name, Eckerd or whatever. They yeah, are. they really did a great job. That's but they job. really had to do a good job the, on in that. In the Dark Knight. I mean, you couldn't have done that probably five years earlier and made it look as good. No. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's tough. Um, no, I think you make it a Catwoman Batman story. Yeah, if you can. If you have to put another character in there, maybe Hush. Uh, maybe Hush. Do you want to know who the Red Hood is? Sure. Okay. So, um, Red yeah. Hood was... Let me just tell you, if it's not a little girl, thinking <laughs> Cookie's grandma, we so disappointed. But anyway, go on. Red Hood. Uh, Red Hood wore this, um, kind of a metallic, uh, red dome on their head, but like thin. Oh, I don't like this. And they could see, they could see through it, but you couldn't see through yeah. it. Yeah. So they were... Called Mysterioso. A little bit. So, um, uh, one night, uh, uh, or is it just Mysterio? Sorry, Mysterio. Mysterio. Sorry. Um, Senor Mysterioso is a different guy. Mysterioso Uh, was, uh, George Harrison's uh, name on when he was on the Cream album. Oh, nice. When he played on Badge, he was something rather Mysterioso. 
So uh, one one night, uh, Batman uh, sees the Red Hood with his goons uh, robbing a chemical uh, factory, yeah. and uh, ends up uh, accidentally knocking him into a vat of chemicals. Chemicals! Oh my gosh! You yeah. never know what's going to happen. And when he takes off the hood, uh, he's the Joker. Becomes the Joker. Oh really? And you don't know who he is before under the hood because oh. you never see who he was. Oh okay, okay. And uh, then yeah. He's uh, he's Damn the Joker it. from the night. I didn't want to use the Joker, and I I inadvertently used the Joker. I just like I thought the name was yeah. sort of was sort of uh, evocative of something interesting. I sure. just pictured him having like a hood that was red, not yeah, not a dome on his head. No, you're right. No, it does sound uh, it does sound pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you could have uh, Calendar Man. Calendar Man, you know, kind of breaks down your movie quite well in that he commits crimes, you know, throughout the year based on. So you then get to move through mm. a year in Gotham and see what Gotham City is like okay. as a character throughout okay. the year. Yeah. And, you know, and he keeps like winning and beating Batman and Batman's got to figure out, you know, what this is all about. And maybe at one point, like, you know, four, four crimes in, uh, it looks like he's actually like caught him. But yeah. oops, April Fool, that wasn't me. Huh. I got the wrong guy. Oh. And they're all, they're all based on that. Yeah. Hmm. I love, I love, I love my calendar, man. Yeah. I, for someone who doesn't want any more Batman movies, you seem to be coming out with a lot of Batman movies. I, if you're going to make it, make it right. <laughs> well, that's that's certainly something they've had trouble with the last little while. Yeah. Because uh, you want to have Batman standing next to a bunch of super-powered people. Mm. And then you think Batman doesn't make sense on his own. Yeah. Batman standing next to Wonder Woman and <laughs> saying to her, we got to find more people like us. Yeah. And Wonder Woman not turning to him and going, what do you mean us? <laughs> You're just a rich guy with a lot of tool, with a lot of toys. That's right. I can. I am insanely strong. Mm. Uh, bullets bounce off me, but not even when I'm using the bracelets. Just normally. Yeah. Uh, oh, my dad, Zeus. What do you? Who is your dad again? Uh, I don't know that guy lying in the alley. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's sad. It's very sad that you're. That's your origin. Is that you're sad? Okay, that's great. Oh, but you got like what do you got in your pockets? It's a smoke bomb, eh? That's nice. Here's my lasso. What it does is it <laughs> makes people tell the truth. It just tell, tell the absolute truth. Yeah. Oh, it's also unbreakable, completely unbreakable, hmm. and it can uh, compel people to do whatever I want. And that's just my rope. Okay, I'm gonna put that back on my belt. What else do I have in my belt? Nothing, because that's all I fucking need. Anyway, yeah. Oh, what you got there? You got yourself a bat plane. Great. They want to see where my plane is? Well, you can't because it's invisible. Why? Because it's fucking cool is why. I got a fucking cool invisible plane. You know where I'm going to take that? Oh, where are you going to take yours? To, uh, oh, your basement? Oh, that's a good place for it. I was going to fly my plane to Paradise Island. Oh, what do you think that is? Well, I don't know. It's just an island full of sexy ladies uh, that I live on Poor with my Batman. mom who's like, you know, kind of a goddess. It's pretty great. Anyway, no, you Batman, you're uh, very cool. You're very cool, Batman. You're the coolest character. Why don't you like people love him? Why don't you send an eight-year-old in first to make sure the coast is clear when you're fighting a homicidal clown? People love him more than Wonder Woman. And speaking of which, she also um, rides around a kangaroo sometimes too. Speaking of kangaroos, <laughs> pretty cool. You wouldn't see Batman uh, on a kangaroo. No, it's too embarrassing. Yeah, let's Fair face enough. it. Let's face it. They're wrapping up. Uh, I was going to say uh, they're the only other realistic character really. DC has is like Green Arrow, but they're wrapping up that TV show. Oh, are they? Yeah, they've had enough. They're, have they're they? gonna they're gonna wrap it up this season with a Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, they're gonna do a five hour uh, thing with like all the um, CW shows. 
not Black uh, Lightning because he's not connected, but like all the rest of them. And uh, some characters are going to die. Huh. And Yep. I really don't know any of those shows, to be honest with you. That's fine. I tried to watch Supergirl, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, I find it kind of dull. Legends is crazy now. <laughs> okay. So crazy. It's great. <laughs> I, I love I love that show so much. It's huh. so nuts. I do like I do like Supergirl, but it's gotten a little bit uh, dark and kind of bloated a little bit. It's mm. still got uh, it's still got some good ideas, and there's always something entertaining. And they brought in Lex Luthor this this season, and he was he was really good. John Cryer. They did a really okay. nice job okay. with uh, with that. Um, but uh, Legends is just so crazy. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I just I don't know. Maybe Pee Wee super... Herbin is a, is a puppet in it. Oh, there, okay. there you go. Uh, Paul Rubens, of course, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's an uh, evil puppet. Maybe I'm just over. Maybe I'm just over superheroes for the time being. Sure, that's fine. It feels like feels like we've we've had our fill of them. Yeah. Stop it, everyone. Stop it. Nope. Don't. But uh, <laughs> stop. Stop nope, it with superheroes. Nope, nope. Don't. We don't need them for a while. You guys nope, can. No, nope, we're good. Put down your pens. Nope. And uh, what would you? Okay, here's my question to you. Then. Sure. Uh, you're the mayor of television. Okay. Oh, television. I don't care for the superheroes on television. I'm thinking more about movies. All right. Okay. You're uh, you're the mayor of movies. Mayor of movies. What would I like to see more movies? Well, yeah. Well, well here's the thing. Okay. You've got to replace superheroes, superhero movies with something. Yeah. What's the genre and or uh, device or thing that you <laughs> replace them with? What's it going to be? Well, that's a lot of theaters you've opened up. I know. This is what we got to do. So Thank what are we gonna what are we gonna put in there? Well, wouldn't you like to see? <laughs> wouldn't you like to know a return? A return of the uh, action movie. I'd like to see that again. Like what type of action movie? Well, kind of like the buddy action movie. Like I'd like to see like... Oh, buddy, um, buddy film. I'd like to see like the nice guys like be successful. Because I think that was a very good film. Okay. And I think its poor performance at the box office wasn't a reflection of the quality of that, of that movie. I okay. think it's more the fact that people aren't sure what to do about a movie that doesn't have people wearing uh, costumes in it mm-hmm. like that seems to be like we know that we can go to those movies and they'll be big and loud and exciting and that we can't get the same experience of those films at home okay but the nice guys what is that i don't know are they do i know who they are yeah you know like if we've really the way that our cultures right now it seems to be we're only interested in things that we know that we want to watch it's maybe maybe movies are a victim of narrow casting this is the same way that everything else in our, our world i think is movies all about. are so expensive so expensive oh yeah that you don't want to um those movies are so expensive i don't think you have to spend that kind of money to make like a good action no no no, movie. no, no, no. i mean for the viewer Oh, like okay. the idea of going to a movie yes, that is and true. spending uh, like sixteen dollars a ticket, not well, you're counting. Going, you're going to VIP if you're. Oh no, I guess it's nineteen dollars. So. It's it's like twenty five dollars for for VIP. Um, it's uh, and, and then you got snacks. Yeah, and then you got parking, and then if you're a parent, you've got the babysitter, and this is now a hundred bucks off the top. Yeah. So and also, by the way. You've got a. This is your weekend. Mm-hmm. You know you've worked hard all week. Sure. Um. This is a and 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 you're going with your partner and you want uh you want them to be happy too, and you know you it's hard to take a risk sometimes. You want this has got to be special because we're spending so much. Yeah. Um. And you gotta you gotta have a guarantee. You gotta have a lock stock freaking guarantee. So you know what's that gonna be? Thor two. <laughs> Shit. 
hundred dollars down the drain. Well, the missus is gonna like that. He's gonna take his shirt off at some point. She'll be happy. That'll be all right. And so will so the mister. Money, cause, uh, a lot of money for somebody you can see on the internet. What a shirtless guy? Shirtless. Uh, Whatever his name is. Yeah, but you want to see it on the big screen. You want to see it uh, take <laughs> off the shirt there. Is that right? Um, so yeah, what do you? What is? What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, what could it be? Buddy, buddy film, sure. You know, but is that worth getting in your car, going out? Yeah, it is. If it's out. good, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if a movie's good, it's worth going to the movie to see. In my opinion, sure. Like as someone who loves movies. Like, I like the movie experience. Yep. I see probably two movies a week, mm. you know, so I, I do enjoy. Well, I do love movies, but I don't see that many movies. That's all right. Uh, this is because, you know, life. But uh, I make my own hours, so it's, uh, it's there different you go. for me. That's good for you. Good for you. Um, I also have a sister-in-law who's a huge movie bus buff and will uh, see uh, see most things. Mm. Even if it's, you know, like, do you want to see Detective Pikachu? I'm like, all right, we'll see Detective Pikachu. Mm. We'll see Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I'm curious about that movie. I'd see that movie too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just like, well, Detective Pikachu is a good example. I mean, that's kind of like a high concept film, but it's still kind of interesting. Like it's an interesting idea, like what they've done with the idea of, I'm going to assume, okay, here's the thing. Don't sure. tell me what it's really about. Sure. But it's, it's an interesting idea, the idea that there's a detective who's also a Pikachu or a Pikachu is a detective. That's That's kind of a fun idea. So I'm willing to... I'm willing to go see that. That's and you've different had enough of than, a generation who have grown up with Pokemon. I don't know anything about Pokemon. Though. You're not that generation. I, I honestly do yeah, not know. Not, yeah, you're not that generation. No, but there is a generation sure, that has grown sure. up on Pokemon that yeah. are now adults. Yeah, who you know are charmed by that idea. Yeah, they're charmandered. They're whole well played. Uh, who like who like that idea? And then, that was it, everyone. That was my one. And then when you throw on the idea of uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, as as the voice, yeah. yeah. You know, it, people really enjoyed Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was charming, and it was a very weird concept movie that as well. Yeah. So, like, he's he's taken them on a ride through a weird place before. So you put those two things together and go, yeah, okay, that uh, that looks like a more ma- a mature version of the kids thing that I like. I'm I'm in. And you know, if you've got kids, you could bring them to, and it's like, okay, here we go. We can we can we can do this. This actually looks like a a safe bet. But there's very few of those kind of things that are out there, with the exception of Marvel and Pixar movies and mm-hmm. and, and what have you. Yeah. No, I mean you're right. I mean there's, but there. Are, I mean there are other means to to know what like what's playing or what sounds good or what sounds interesting to mm-hmm. you than you know. There's... I'm kind of okay. So I'm looking at what's all right. So movies opening this week: uh, John Wick Three, yeah, Parabellum. Like... Okay, I have, now that's I have not seen fun. any of those films in the theater. That's, that's a funny oh, that thing. Right? I really like those movies a lot, but I've yeah. not seen any of them in the theater. I think as a first John Wick was kind of a surprise. Right. Like a lot of people were just kind of like, oh, did you hear there's like a really good Keanu Reeves movie called... Uh, and I heard a dog gets killed, and I'm like, I don't want to see that. And then I eventually ended up seeing it. Like, ah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it earns it. And Keanu Reeves has uh, has also like built up enough cred, mm. you know, uh, over many, many, sure. many, many 47 decades. Samurai? Who can forget it? <laughs> Or is it 47 Ronin? What is that movie called? Uh, uh, yes, 99 Problems, I think was, <laughs> was what you were trying to think about. Um, but then like, uh, so that movie's opening. So you're like, all right, that one, that one, yeah. yeah. But you, then That's you've got to have movie? a partner. you got to have a partner who's down with seeing a lot of people get shot in the face. So yeah, that's a little tricky sometimes. Top of the head, a lot of top of the head shots. A lot of top of the head shots are in the neck yeah, or whatever, but yeah. it's not a lot of gruesome, but it's really... But you know, he fights on a horse. Yeah, that's so, good. Lisa, 
Yeah. Lisa's in on this one. I'll just have to say to her, he fights on a horse. Rides a horse. Where, where are you, hun? Oh, you're in the car already? All right, there you go. He's driven <laughs> off already? All right, well, there you go. I guess, I guess she's going on her own. There we go. And then you got uh, the a dog's journey is uh, is opening. I mean, that's, that's not, a thing. That's not my dream release right there, sorry to say. Yeah. Not uh, my that to me looks like I'm going to see uh, a lot of dogs dying. It's not my dog's journey. It feels like uh, this is going to be like a lot of dogs dying and then being reincarnated. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it has to. Why would it have to be reincarnated? Because cause you see these people like getting older and older and yeah. older and there's a variety of dogs. And I'm like, well, this has to be the same dog reincarnating over and over again, right? It's basically like God's got a plan for this dog and it's to help you find yourself. Is that right? I assume so. Which means the dog's got to get hit by a fucking car at a certain point. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? Is there any know. way this know. dog isn't getting hit by a car I didn't get that sense at least the 30 movie. minutes in? I thought it was a dog who like gets people, the people move away and the dog has to go and find them. Oh, maybe it is. I hope that is the case, and it's not just a reincarnating dog. Why they're so careless in the moving, I don't understand. But there okay. you go. So, like uh, other movies going on, I'm, so there's I, two you know, films. You got something like uh, the Hustle, which is uh, oh yes, remake of uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, okay. which was a remake of something With, else. Uh, Anne Hathaway and uh, that lady. Yeah, that lady from uh, Pitch Perfect. And then you got Palms. Which is uh, Diane Keaton as a woman. Uh, oh, with Palms. Is that opening this week? Yep. Oh, no, it's not opening this week. Uh, yeah. but it's, uh, it's out, yeah. Yeah, it's made uh, $5.5 million so far. I don't know if that's good or bad. I have no idea. Doesn't sound good. It's been I, out for a couple weeks. I don't know. But, it, I mean, that's the kind of movie that's going to be on television, on, like, various channels yeah. forever. You know. I, I can't believe more more people aren't being bussed into the theaters to see that movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Are people going to go out to see Palms? Like, is that... I mean, that's going to do fine on television. They're like, well, I'm waiting for A Dog's Journey. I don't need to see two dog movies. Yeah, that's the thing. A Dog's Journey. Is that the movie that you're going to go like, hey, we all got to go see A Dog's Journey? Well, if it has... if As you suspect, it has a religious element to it. It does have a built-in audience. It feels a bit Jesus-y. Is that it right? It smells a little Jesus. has a bit of that... Uh, those new new movie the new movie studios that all the New Testament movie uh Well all smell. the movie studios like Sony and stuff like that, they all have these like side studios that are like Yeah. Uh, there was that one, Christian movies. Yeah, what's playing the the breakthrough uh is is also out there right now. And that's the one where the kid goes through the ice and I think sees oh, heaven. Oh yeah. Is that right? And uh no one believes him but he does he sees yeah. heaven. It's just like, okay. Or just like a whole big bunch of Jesus there. All right, that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't feel like this should be in like the mainstream movie theaters. This should be. Oh, they're super popular. Those movies now. Yeah, they're big money makers. I hate to tell you this. Yeah, you don't have to take. You know. No, no, I hate to tell you this because <laughs> they're big money makers. God's Not Dead three, it's coming. Yeah, by this point, we should believe it, right? Like, wow. if God's still having to make this point, then you know. <laughs> it's not God. But anyway, okay. It's not God. Who is it? He doesn't peep. Was it the devil? He doesn't like peep out and go. I'm still here. And then wink at you. It's well, like it's like people. The first one, the first one, even though the movie is just horrible. Right? Did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you tell me about it? Okay. Well, in the movie, Kevin yeah. Sorbo, for, former uh, formerly Hercules, Hercules, yeah, famous for yelling "disappointed." Disappointed. Are you, are you familiar with that? I am not familiar with. This. Uh, they wrote uh, in his script um, uh, underneath one of his lines, "disappointed." Because that's the uh, emotion. emotion, yeah. And he yelled the emotion, <laughs> so he said thing, and then went disappointed. Did he just yell <laughs> the emotion? <laughs> okay. So Kevin Sorbo. So Kevin Sorbo is a university professor or college professor who is a uh, doing a tried, all the time. tried and true atheist. Oh, okay. 
And he has a, a young student in his class. Professor Strawman. Professor Strawman, that's right. He has a young, young uh, student in his class who uh, objects to his uh, proselytizing for atheism. Okay. And, and, so, so this, and so he argues in favor of the existence of God. And so then Kevin Sorbo dismisses him, but then decides as some sort of elaborate prank to allow this boy every day to come to class and make an argument in favor of God. Every day makes a new argument? Yeah. Yeah, so so very, you know, very the cosmological argument, the onto, ontological argument, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, and then does uh, Kevin Sorbo then tear down that argument afterwards? Uh, yeah, I think so, okay. or, or or at or least just dismisses the whole it. Thing go. <laughs> That's right. Home, you don't know anything. I don't think he really tears down the argument because you don't want that happening in your movie. Does you don't want say, like, you a back my and dad forth. Zeus, and so I know this is bullshit. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and by the way, so is Wonder Woman's. Well, meanwhile, brother and sister. Meanwhile, yeah. there's a, an assortment of other characters in the film. Okay, is there a comedy relief character? There's a comedy relief character. It's two two uh, like pastors. Okay, one one's a black guy, and the other guy's a white guy. One's okay. a black guy from Africa who's like visiting America. All right, and the white guy wants to take him around to see stuff, but his car breaks down. He gets a rental car. He can't pick it up. This is like all these series oh, of no. things that keeps foiling there. And every time it happens, there's like a wah, wah. <laughs> no, not really, what you wish there was. Then there's a, a woman who is dating Dean Kane, who's a mean business guy. Yeah, these are all actors that became very right wing later. Okay. Yeah, so this is why they're in this movie. Dean Kane's in this movie and he is, uh, he's like a, a jerk. Okay. An atheistical jerk. You know he's a jerk because he's an atheist, but also he's a, sure. he's a regular jerk. And he is dating this girl. And basically what happens in their plot is she gets cancer okay. and he just dumps her because now she's not going to be any fun. <laughs> okay. Typical atheist. And then uh, uh, there's, a, there's a Muslim girl okay. who's secretly studying the Bible, but her dad doesn't know. But believe me, when he finds out, he gets to beat her up because Muslim people, they're violent, unlike Christians, in case you didn't know that. Very Yikes. peaceful people, Christians. And then um, then there's a Korean boy in the movie who is convinced by the arguments made in class by this Christian kid to start studying the Bible. His dad does not like it at all. Okay. So, yeah, the kid makes his arguments. You know, they're fine. They're not like the most sophisticated arguments you can make for the existence of God, if that's, if that's your thing. And by the way, you can make any argument you want. You're not going to convince anybody because it's just a matter of where you're going to fall in this this thing but uh you know he makes his arguments in class kevin sorbo makes fun of him belittles him blah 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 and then oh and also there's a a group in the movie oh the other thing that tells you this is like right-wing garbage is that the woman who gets um cancer mm -hmm. she she does kind of like a a um she does kind of like a uh what do you call it when like you sneak up on someone like and then you start asking questions like as a journalist but one of the guys from duck dynasty He's in the movie. Okay. Making some argument for whatever. But she also is interviewing a band called the Paper Boys, who are apparently like a gospel group or like a Christian rock group, I should say. It's really, they're really awful. Uh, so the culmination of the film is a bunch of the characters going to see the Paper Boys live, mm -hmm. in, con live in concert, telling us he lives or whatever on stage. You know, Christian rock, right? Basically, it's basically someone saying the name of Jesus. Well, it sounds like they're going to the bathroom. Jesus! That's, them. That's Christian rock. So then uh, ah, they're doing that okay. on stage. Everyone's like enjoying the audience or pretending they're enjoying the audience. Probably not actually at the concert, just filmed <laughs> standing amongst people, <laughs> moving their heads or whatever. And then Kevin Sorbo is like out walking in the rain, 
going somewhere and he gets hit by a car yeah. and it's a great scene because he goes flying up in the air towards the camera uh-huh. and then goes crashing back down to the earth and then the comedy relief priest or, pa- or pastors or whatever can walk him by and they run up and then he he recants his atheism and then he dies and that's the end of the movie oh god's not dead god is fucking not dead people you know how you know that because Kevin Sorbo's mean atheist professor is dead deathbed <laughs> repentance that's right his death his death street uh, repentance and then as he dies he goes disappointed <laughs> that's right that's right as he dies he goes death rattle <laughs> fade to black the, the second one is even more and then the other thing is is that they they um the movie like it um has all these cases that have been fought in the united states Supposedly, there are cases where Christians have been shut down by by the mean old government for mm-hmm. trying to espouse their views. But if you look them up, apparently, because I, I read this, if you look them up, most of them are cases where people have been like like inappropriately evangel 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 blah, 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 speaking out against uh, LGBTQ people uh. in the workplace and stuff like that, and have been closed down. And so these are used as examples of where Christians are like, the man is gay. No, you're just that's not where you do those sort of things, dum-dums. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so it's just all like a bunch of garbage. The second one, God's Not Dead 2, is, I'll just give you a very quick summary of that one. Please. Sabrina the, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is oh, which, a teacher. Which, which, which one? Uh, Melissa Joan Hart? Yes, I guess. Okay. So, the blonde-haired one. Very good. She, uh, she's a teacher. I was just going to go, not the modern one, not the one on TV currently. No, no, no. Okay. Not Kieran, whatever. Uh, she, she is uh, teaching class. All right. And a student in class asks her some historical question about Jesus. Okay. Which she answers. Was Jesus in the past or the future? That's right. And she went, yes. She said, it was, she, the student asked, was Jesus tense? And she said, yes, past tense. <laughs> so then this gets to, around to the teachers in the school. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. How could you even do that? She just answered a question. It wasn't like proselytizing or anything. It's so right. silly. So then the teachers are like, start to shun her. And then... And then Ray and, Wise. And they were so afraid. Ray Wise. He's so great. But he's... he's so he's the wise man. He is the wise man. He is hamming it up as an ACLU lawyer <laughs> who comes to town to shut down this lady and bringing up religion right and school and all this stuff like that. Right on. And you're watching and you're like, wait a second. If this was like real life, the real world, mm-hmm. not evangelical, crazy right-wing Christian world, the ACLU would be defending this woman right to talk about this stuff yeah. like it's the anyway yeah so that's how they work that's how they work yeah they have no particular sides people they're just for free speech but anyway so then uh yeah there's like a big court case and all this garbage it's just and there's a few like returns of characters from the from the other now this the in movie. these movies there's no time where uh god actually like there's a miracle no like the lady's cancer doesn't go away no okay oh yeah it does go away she oh, does get cured, but in right, the second good. film, sorry, in the second film. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear she's cured. It's just kind of like, it doesn't so like matter-of-factly like, I'm cured. Well, anyway, like it's not like a big plot point or anything. So it's not like in the movie Oh God, where um, in the end, uh, George Burns' God just shows up in court and uh, does a bunch of tricks. And uh, people go, well, I guess God is real. He just uh, proved it to us. Mm. Well, done yeah that really changed things that really on changed the world yeah no nothing like that and then um if you'd done this a little earlier we might not have had to have the crusades and i believe the this movie ends with the comedy relief pastor refusing to hand over paperwork to some organization like his sermons and stuff like that 
and then he has to go to jail over it. And that's where the movie ended. Oh, I believe it's been a I, you know, Jesus it. jail. It's not my favorite of those movies. Like I do watch those films because they're just they're like so terrible. Mm-hmm. They're like kind of like a, a fun time to laugh. Uh, you know, Left Behind or right. the War Room and stuff like that. Like they're all this so hilarious. The War Room's one with the lady who has the dumb phone. <laughs> um, yeah, I just they're just so so goofy. That's great. But I think this Dog's Journey. I think you're right. I think it is by the people who did the War Room. So I think you're right that it does have oh. a religious angle to it. Let's see. Huh. This is... Well, I won't watch it in the theater, but I will watch it on television later. All right. <laughs> a guilty pleasure. Hey, if you, if you ever want to like uh, do it on fansplainers, <laughs> I, will, uh, I, will, I, will I will go check it, check it out. Yeah, I'm just looking, I'm looking at the wiki page and just seeing if there's any hints of God. Any hints of God? It might have been a different one that I'm thinking of. Are they? So who's who's the person? The director you're talking about? I don't know. I don't know what... Uh, okay. I don't know who it would be, whether it's the writer, producers, or whatever. Hmm. All right, we'll see. You know how they say that, from the people who brought you. That's right. But you don't know who which people it was, you know. The caterers who brought you. Well, they use the same catering company on both movies. Well, I'm going to go see that one. Yeah. Nope. Uh, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, it might have been a different one. It seems to me that I was at a theater recently and there was a trailer and it said from the makers of the War Room and I was like, oh, gotta go hmm. see that. No, I'll try and do a little research into this and see what see what's what. The, mean, war, uh, the War Room, by the way, is a room where you go to pray. Oh. Just so you know. Spoilers, everyone. And War is raw spelled backwards. You so know. It's the reverse of the raw room. You know I'm religious, so but what's so offensive about these movies You're to me. You're snake handler, right? Uh, yes, that's right, because they won't okay. bite me. I hear cats just bring them right into the house. They're snake handlers as well. Oh, my God. Those Baptist that cats. so terrifying. You Australian cats, smarten up. <laughs> um, Jeez. I just find those movies are just, they're so, I don't know, they're just like, there's, they're so, they take a very complicated thing and they make it so simple-minded that it's, it's just so, it's embarrassing to watch, really. I do watch them in like in a kind of a cringy way, because it's embarrassing, like. Like this is how they want to represent themselves to the world. It feels to me like they should be in claymation. <laughs> I don't know, Davy. That's right. Is there a god, Davy? <laughs> yeah, David and Goliath. I mean, yeah, that, that was mean. That was good. That snuck in religion. You know, like, mm-hmm. you didn't know when you were a kid. You didn't recognize nope. it because you're like, I don't know. I'm not exactly clear who David and Goliath are, so I'm gonna watch this little cartoon. And then you're like, okay, I get it. Thanks, guys. It wasn't, you know, it was okay. It was enjoyable. But yeah, these movies are just, they just, um, they have no, like, when you watch it, you realize the reason that evangelicals are so uptight and angry is that they don't live in reality. Like, they do not live in a real world. They live in their own made up place. And it's a scary, scary world they live in. And I feel sorry for them. I have, I, we have friends who are like that. There are people who, you know, actually said to me, I'm really worried what will happen to my pets when I'm taken, when I'm taken up. Like the rapture. during the rapture, yeah. So you know, you're just when you hear that, you just have to like sort and you, of. And you say to them, you look at them in the eye and just go, "They'll be fucked by demons." <laughs> well, no, you just you say, know. "I think they'll be fine." Oh, they're animals. Sorry. Sure, okay. They're animals. They don't really need us. Yeah, because they're animals. You know, they're not babies. I'd be more worried if my babies didn't get taken up with me. There, so that's an actual worry. Wow, why didn't the baby make the cut? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. Shouldn't have named it Damien. Oh, I guess it's so. your mistake. They're going to be eaten by the pets. <laughs> and then fu- and then fucked by demons. 
<laughs> what are these demons fucking things for? I don't know. I just assume there's going to be a bunch of demons <laughs> fucking whatever's around. Okay. Well, you know, during I mean, the end times. You have your fun. I, I'll have mm. my own. I, have I, my own I, don't, I don't know. I don't really read, read the Bible, but I, just, I assume that's what demons <laughs> I, would do. Okay. Yeah, the Bible's not X-rated, so there's not that much demon fucking. Isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of foreskins flapping around. Sure. But they're not X-rated. They're not? No. You cut off uh, 10,000 foreskins. 200. Uh, you cut off 200 foreskins yep. on any TV show. Yeah. That thing is uh, getting a, an R, a hard R rating. Yeah, that's not X-rated, though. Hmm. I guess you got to show pre- penetration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, just, just be careful how you show the knife, I guess. Right. Okay, that's, fair enough. That's weird. That guy, must, that guy was really good at the bris. <laughs> Do that 200 on a battlefield? No, but look. Like on a battlefield. Like right. when you're fighting a war, you yeah. are, you're working your sword, you're working sure. your spear, you got your shield, you got whatever yeah. you're doing. People are trying to attack you. Full Wonder Woman. You are working. Yeah. Meanwhile, while you're def- while you're fending off this guy, sure. you are removing someone's foreskin. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. But you get a lot of practice. Let's By the time you get to the 200th, you're, you're really some, quite good. Let's give some props to David. It's y- true. You're one of like those guys That's who can true. really shuck clams yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. No, know. I was thinking more when I was getting fish on the boat. Like when I first started, I wasn't very good. But yeah, and by the, the end of it, done, yeah, you, you didn't have a foreskin. <laughs> it's a bit of an accident. That knife was sharp. Have I mentioned that? <laughs> what is this little frozen flap of skin in the freezer? <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up the show. Pretty good. You're, you're fine i think we're good <laughs> we're done all right everyone well that was that was a good ending to the show i think yeah. once you go into foreskins you never go more skins <laughs> foreskins is forewarned everyone you can contact us and say things like this stop it <laughs> please quit doing this show and also <laughs> we have proved the god oh that's right we've proved nietzsche correct and that's where we go for it the nietzsche audience mm. wow and the pun so please write to us on our comment board on the website which is called sneakydragon.com you can go there and uh, leave a little note for us we really appreciate it do we have a question this weekend uh i thought you had a question right did i yeah you went like uh someone came up with a question you went like that that was a good uh that was a good question you, you, yeah you, you said it to me earlier yeah oh you want to do the milk question yeah oh okay okay all right uh i'll say it in a second then all right i'll go on with my do you think that's not a good enough question no, it's fine. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say a question. I got, I got one, and then we'll do milk as well. We'll do the sub question. Uh, so the, okay. the, the main question would be this: um, What should replace superhero movies ah. in, uh, in, in, yeah? If in you, movie if theaters? you could have your way, yeah. And you would, we're going to the movie theater. For me, it would be more action movies, like more kind of action buddy comedies and action movies and things. I'd like to see. Like I heard, Predator wasn't very good. But I feel it wasn't very good because no one stretched their action movie yeah, There was some good in it, but yeah, it didn't. Yeah. All in all, eh, it's all right. Yeah. It needed, it probably needed a bit more time. Also here, I think the problem is. It was under Predator is terrible. The, the, the Predator. Yeah. Is just a boring creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it was boring. one of the characters in the original film that made that movie so great. And also that was directed yeah. by John McTiernan, who's yeah. a really good director. Predator itself. Yeah. Who gives a shit about Predator? <laughs> Whereas like Alien. Yeah. Well, what's that thing doing? Well, yeah, it's doing yeah. this. It also does this. It also changes into this. It gives birth to these babies. Yeah. And then it does this, that, and the other. And it's also a mum. But it's all, oh, wow. That's really interesting. What's the deal with Predator? It hunts things. It hunts goes, things, yeah. <laughs> takes its mask off. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's, yeah. So once it's done that once, so you're, what, you're not scared of it anymore. Yeah. On that note... 
So there you go. That's the one question. Okay, well, I'll do the questions now then, since okay. you since you gave. The, so that was our main question. What would you like to see replace superhero movies in the movie theater? Would you like to see more comedies? Would you like to see the return of the Judd Apatow comedy? Mm. Is it time for that to come back again? Oh my God, no! <laughs> Is it time for romantic comedies? Is it time for, as I say, action movies? What would you like to see in movie like or even like a variety of films? Is it time for us to take back the movie theater is it time for us to go to the movies and not have 17 of the the 20 theaters showing one movie wouldn't that be nice if you go to the movie theater and you had a variety of movies you could watch how beautiful the other question is this week this is our sub question actually is a, a my work related question which is what percentage of milk do you drink and what i mean by that is are you a homo drinker or whole milk? I don't know what they call it outside of yeah, Canada. Yeah, you can either go homo or whole, whole milk, sure. Yeah. Homogenized milk, 3%, point, yeah. 1%, 0%, skim water milk, basically by this point. Dave's very anti-skim uh, milk. I am, well, you know, I like milk. That's all I'm saying. That's the questions, everyone. And to respond to those questions, you can write to our comments board at sneakydragon.com. You can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Mm-hmm. You can go on Twitter. We are sneaky underscore dragon on Twitter. You can tweet us there. We've had a lot of tweets this week. We really appreciate it. And we're also on um, Tumblr. You can look at us there if you want. <laughs> I don't know what to do with Tumblr. And with I'll have this Tumblr cough I'm, gone by next week. I'm, I'm sorry, just waiting folks. for Pornhub to buy Tumblr like, they, yeah. like they're planning. That'll be great. <sighs> Patreon is also a thing that we're on. But after this show, I think people are going to start subtracting from their <laughs> their Patreon amounts. Everybody, thank you for listening to the show this week. We really appreciate it. We will be going to VanCaf this weekend. We'll be having a lot of fun. We'll hopefully meet some of you there. Please come down and say hi. Don't let Ian's standoffishness put you off coming to say hi. He's not nope. really a snob. He's just really, really shy of yep. me. And we'll come back next week and we'll give you the lowdown on this year's VanCaf. All right. And in the meantime, if you're if you're lonely, listen to uh, Fansplainers and Sticky Dragon Listening Party. Bye, everyone. Bye. feel like starting i will that maybe one hour from now or it might be now